The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to New Dimensions with your host, Rev. Nicholas Barrett. Our identities are not labels identifying who we are to others. Rather, they are found in God's riches, His likeness and character. We can discover our true selves and live the way He has intended for us to live. Now, here is Reverend Nicholas Barrett. Good morning. It's uh, Nicholas Barrett. You're on the show New Dimensions. It's Wednesday morning. I have an amazing show for you. You can connect live here each Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on the wonderful Voice America platform or by going on to the iTunes platform and searching the term New Dimensions. I'm believing we're going to light up some areas in your life today that will predicate you to see above the storms of life, above the clouds of the highest mountaintops, with a new way of thinking that will bring with it a new way of living. Your thoughts may not be able to change the world, but they will change the way that you look at it. Isaiah 43.19 tells us, from, I'm about to do a new thing in you. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. John the Baptist declared, I will make a way for the Lord. So you need to keep walking, regardless of wherever you find yourself. I'm I'm speaking to a live audience all over the world. Wherever you find yourself today, greater is yet to come for your life. You need to embrace it. You need to be confident and embark on a future of limitless possibilities and opportunities. You may feel betrayed, tired, stressed, like things will never change, that an illness will never get better. But I have news for you today that your future is always ahead of you. I know that some things appear unfair. I know the world's in a mess. I know that you have regrets. I know that you have pain, but the pathway will always be in the step ahead of you. God has prepared the start, middle, and end of your story. It's your faith that will help you receive what has already been done. Faith is your down payment, friend, for everything. Friends, you only have two choices today, wherever we are. We can either live by fear or by faith. Which do you choose? Because ultimately, that is what determines our life. Romans 8, 38 tells us, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither depth or nothing else in creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God. Nothing can take away your assignment, what God has assigned for you. Only your mind can stop you from having the best life possible. So we need to move forward, and I'm believing with hearts open, head held high, and arms open to new greater things to come. But I have a great show title today. I've been excited, really, to present this title. The title for today's show is Disposable Love. We live in a world where it's cool to be disposable, and it's easier to throw things out than to repair them. People often select products based on price rather than quality, so it's more economical to throw them away and buy a new one. From disposable cameras to disposable diapers, few products are marketed to consumers to last. 
Indeed, we often place so little value on the things that we have as when trends come and go, we upgrade from one mobile phone to another or another laptop computer for one with a different feature. Even the old-style video games that could be played over and over again have been superseded by today's games, the ones that when you beat them, you need to buy the next segment in the series. So it's constantly on installment, getting to buy new and replacing. The problem with this is we all think that the fix is in the new rather than looking at improving what we already have. The joy is always in the present, as we can only take to the future what we have now in the present. And that message I'm really feeling strongly from my heart for somebody. Don't think that when you get to the new that will offer you any more than just a fleeting reprieve, as unless you fix the issue, it'll continue to manifest in your new. It'll be like a bee that you keep trying to shake off you. The more you try, the more it'll appear to stick to you and frustrate you. It could be that you're tempted to have an affair. Maybe it's your job that you want to run away from, a mistake that you made that you were trying to cover up. Friend, whatever your season you're in, I'm for you. And more importantly, God is for you. And if he can be for us, what can possibly stand against us? The only way out is through it. So we're talking about love. We live in a world of disposable love. The, wor- the boom in what I term of the let's date syndrome is a culture that has been made fashionable by the Internet. I don't use these sites, but many times when I put my computer on, I'm bombarded with advertisements that usher me to think that the dream partner is just a click away. It appears as easy as buying a pair of socks via Amazon, Russian dream bride looking for her Boaz, exotic Asian for a man of persuasion, eclectic European looking for an elegant partner. The list goes on and on and on. The dating system does not prepare people for marriage. It sets them up for a journey of convenience with the perks of marriage, but without the actual commitment. Very often, a person will seek a relationship right after a breakup of a marriage to comfort their wounds and help them to get over it. The sex that takes place out of wedlock is, is a powerful elixir that's hard to break away from once it begins. Hence, you have people who are in relationships for 10, 20, or even 30 years that are still in our modern-day term kind of committed But the reality really is that it's the convenience rather than the kindred spirit that sustains it. It was skewed from the moment that it started, as it will always remain kind of committed, but they'll never sign the commitment to actually love you forever and the marriage commitment. It's just always going to be kind of sort of. But, you know, we live in a world that's kind of sort of. God, you know, moves me to say not what people want to hear, but what they need to hear to get the world out of the awful mess it's in right now. You know, relationships between men and women are at the worst point, the worst ebb than at any other time in our history. You know, it's simply got to stop, and that change can only begin with you and me. We can be the change that we want to see in this world. You know, when people are together for many years and not married, it's like a driver who's still leasing a car but isn't sure they want to stay with it. It's more convenient to stay in a place of being able to get out of it because the truth is it lacks the performance or the features that you want to stay with. So you conveniently stay in it and have something rather than nothing at all. You know, the sex is great with no commitment, although in time you even get bored with that. But the problem is the heart has been compromised for the occasional ride. You know, I'm just being real and just coming out with what God has put on my heart. One of the members of the relationship, of this type of relationship, has compromised their God potential for a fully committed, fully functional relationship between a man 
that thinks the lady is his queen and a woman that thinks her man is the king. What that really means is someone who's really decided you are the best person that was made on the planet for me. And I'm going to stay with you regardless. You know, why do you think we have so many relational issues today? Because we do it the world's way and not the way God designed it to be. Very simply, it would be like driving a Mercedes and looking at a Honda user's manual to see how things function. But that's, in essence, what we keep doing, and we continue to ponder why our relationships don't fulfill us. The best doesn't go on sale. Fendi and Rolls-Royce, they hold their asking prices. To get the best, you must also hold your value. You're a masterpiece and created by God for his plan. You're awesome. You need to value yourself highly and not settle, not compromise to mediocrity. As good, you know, a fully functional God-based relationship takes time, but it's always worth the wait to grow something that will last and give you joy. You know, quick fixes are what they are. They make things okay for the time being, but are never the real solution. Like most things that we strive for in our human state, they only offer an illusion in our confusion. Let's look at how this, this starts. What's the allure of the dating game and what are the pitfalls? This out with the old and in with the new approach has a tremendous cost and toll both on your emotions and the quality of your life. Not only are your emotions impacted by an outpouring of emotional energy, but you also become a victim to the I need someone to make me complete mentality. Many of us use a relationship to take the focus off dealing with our own issues, as when we're pointing fingers at another person's faults, we can at the same time elude ourselves to our own perfection. I'm okay, it's the others that have all the issues. You know, you may even have a friend that is always talking to you about how many problems that person they're dating has. There always appears to be this problem or that problem with the person they meet. The dating cycle, is, it, it, this is such a common occurrence in our dating cycle in modern times that God has it on my heart just to, to be open with this, not to say things that will grow my popularity. It, you, you may not like some of the things I am saying, but to bring change, transparency is very important. So the thing with dating, it goes back about 200 years to when it first became prominent. Previously, marriages before that were far more arranged by families without a so-called trial period. It was the dawning of the age of romanticism with the emphasis on passion rather than logic. Writers such as Rousseau lamented that Western civilization had fallen into the era of exhorting reason over feelings. He proposed making decisions based on emotions rather than intellect. Dating could take shape in many forms, with people having their own views of what's right and wrong for them. But the universal flow can be best summed up in the following, and that is once a couple become married, they soon realize that it's their emotional as opposed to their physical attachment that will make a relationship go the distance or not. When we're married, we often demand that our partner to be emotionally attached exclusively to us, and will be deeply hurt if we discover they had shared affections. This sets the pathway for a dichotomy, as while dating, we expect the perks of marriage without the commitment. On the other hand, when we get married, we expect things to miraculously change. The framework's already been set, as while dating, many people in our present world spread their emotional attachment, some with different dates every week, without a full emotional investment. It will be like building a skyscraper in an earthquake region without first building an earthquake-resistant framework. I mean, do you ever stop to think what would be left for that special person as you've given so much of us away of our hearts on the journey? 
So the framework, let's look at the framework of dating. Let's take a look at the pitfalls of the world's framework. In the modern framework, I'm going to try you out. We approach things with a much less serious attitude as we in time let this become the way we live our lives out. It's like an ice cream store in that we try a bunch of flavors, decide upon one, only to wonder if the other flavors would have been a better choice. The pressure then becomes to perform sexually as we feel the person we are dating may be able to get better. You know, I've spoken to countless men and women, and this is really the reality that a lot of people are living to. I'm just being real. As I say, I want to change lives with this show. I don't want to waste my time just promoting something. I want to promote counterculture because culture really has got us in the mess. So I really want to elucidate and challenge you to hopefully inspire you, um, inspire you to think differently, inspire you to want um, to explore and to have a different type of life. And sometimes we need to put a light in our daily routine. We get clogged up in a routine sometimes that blurs our vision. And we go with form and norm, and that becomes our normality and the way we live our lives out, even though we've settled for something far less than we're capable of doing. So each time a, a dating relationship ends, it brings with it hurts, and out of that grows your doubts. Part of our heart gets tainted, and we then become more guarded each time we start meeting somebody new. The results that I've observed is that many daters are walking around with a long checklist. It can look like a checklist of specifications, rather like when you lease or purchase a car. This approach has given us a world of often guarded, fearful, and closed-down hearts. This is a world crisis. We've become products of our society rather than society being the product of us. So God created you for way better than this. I know it's easier to go with the culture, but in the long run, it's easier to actually make the change than to stay compromised and fulfilled possibly for the rest of your life. This message I'm feeling on my heart very strongly for somebody who's feeling unfulfilled right now. You may be in a relationship, that's one that you've been in for a long time, one that you've been in for a short time. Maybe when you got into it, you left your spouse because they were unfaithful. You felt lonely and needed someone to help you feel better. Maybe you're in a relationship that started well and now appears to be going nowhere. You stay in it because of familiarity, course, or just not wanting to be alone. But deep down, you know that you're not equally yoked. You're not kindred spirits with the same values, goals, and hopes and dreams in life. You know, there are many scenarios I can give you, but for the time constraints of the show, I need to keep it succinct and effective. No crutch or form of comfort is worth compromising your true fulfillment, happiness, or worth over. This is for the ladies listening. When you give a man the benefits of marriage and all they've given you is a feel-good feeling, listened to your complaints, taken your phone calls, and held your hand when you are lonely, they have no motivation to get married because you've already given all of yourself. That would be like giving someone a free suite at a five-star hotel for a year and then expect them to come up with rent once that year is over. You know, guys, I know have upset you, but... You know, I need to say what, what we all need to hear in this show. If we have a relational crisis worldwide between the sexes. You know, we've been doing it our way for too long, which is the wrong way, as we can see what we've been, what's now going on in the world. You know, part of the problem is we've settled, settled to be unfulfilled with someone just for company. We've sacrificed destiny for company. And the other part is we haven't given ourselves enough time out, meaning to be by ourselves in between relationships to heal, to get whole through forming a closer relationship with yourself and also forming a closer relationship with God. You know, we're so driven by the next 
so driven by sex and the feel-good chemicals it releases that we've become blinded. We've made mediocrity the modern-day standard. And we, the, the, we always feel the solution is when we're alone is we need to find somebody. So many times I speak to somebody, I, you know, my relationship's ended, July 4th's coming, or there's another vacation coming. I've got to find, find, find. And of course, in this find, 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 there's never time to heal. So we're just really rebounding. We're bouncing like a tennis ball, hoping to have society and hoping to settle in peace when we're creating turmoil. Because it's constantly in the finding rather than in the seeking internally that's going to make the change. So when you do find, it's going to come from a place of wholeness. I mean, this really is my prayer. I'm doing this for you, not for me. Let's take a look at the problems, some of the problems with, um, with dating. You know, it promotes the focus on physicality and lust. Endorphins and chemicals become the bond between two people that will not spend their lives together. It brings confusion as our checklist seems to grow. Each time we finish a relationship, we then thought the things that would work out didn't, and that only adds to our checklist for the next one. So we're that much more cautious, but we become confused by all the conflection because we are in conflict. We're, we've really finished with one and we bound into another one, but there's, there's a, always going to be a, a conflict and confusion because we haven't had time for clarity. It takes a minimum you know, six to 12 months of, of being by yourself to really find yourself, to process yourself, and then really establish what you want. It's impossible just to go by the flavor of the day. You know, I'm on a, if you're on a dating website, bouncing from one to the other, it, it's unfair to the people because you're not fully valuing them. You're not in a place to give of yourself. And it's also unfair to yourself. So dating teaches people to break up when the going gets tough. So when they eventually get married, divorce is a daily option. It becomes easy to end things when you have to work. Because there is only physical commitment that encourages an attitude of thinking to ourselves, what use is there to putting in more work? Because I'm only dating this person. Someone else down the road will show up. So what happens, Alison breaks off with John because she doesn't get enough phone calls. Uh, you know, Paul breaks off his engagement with Sarah because she doesn't say she loves him as often as he needs or he's seen in the movies. We've made a culture of instant gratification out of our fornication, indolence and emotional immaturity, because that's basically what it is. What do we expect? Because you can only sow seeds that will bring you the fruit that you reap. So what you do in terms is what's going to come back. If I rush into something and I haven't had time to heal, I'm going to take brokenness probably to brokenness because the person that's attracted to you is probably coming out of a relationship too. That happens a lot. He's left a relationship or a marriage and his children. You've been the same. And of course, you collide in your time of brokenness, expecting to be the miraculous healing and the, the person that God sent you. It also devalue, de devalues sex and marriage. If sex was supposed to be a, an intimate thing between two life partners and it becomes as readily available as buying a, a latte at Starbucks, and if it devalues the whole idea of the bond between two people and also deals as far as the marriage, as far as the value of marriage. If marriage is supposed to be sacred and we're doing all the things of marriage before, then what use is there to have marriage? And then what use is there to have a bond between two people that are supposed to create life partners? And this is one of the reasons why culture has so much misery. This is why we've created so much misery between men and women. It's happened over, over generations. This is not just something that's metamorphosized today. It's not because of a magazine we've read. This is, it takes a long time to sow seeds of destruction. 
And that's what's happened. We've had years and years and years of it, and it's just created at the moment it's coming to, to a point. It's coming to a, a head. So it predicates intimacy, but not necessarily commitment. You know, I can be intimate with someone I'm dating, even if someone I've dated for a, a week, but I'm not necessarily committed to that person. I'm not necessarily best friends with that person. I'm not necessarily going to stay with that person if they become crippled in a car crash or if they go through a time that they're grieving for a sudden um, a loss of a loved one, they're going to change. So I can be intimate, but not committed to that person. Committed as I'm with you regardless. If the going gets tough, if you get crippled, and after all, wouldn't you want someone to stay with you unconditionally based upon unforeseen circumstances that will come into the relationship? How it starts is not going to be how it continues. Now, once the chemical bubble bursts, and this can be after the initial euphoria is created of the oxycontin and all of these chemicals, this can be as little as three months to two years. Very often, you're left with nothing. And... Uh, very often this happens. You, you really end up in a place like, wow, I, I, this felt so good to me. This felt like the right choice. But, you know, I've got nothing. So really you need to build on a foundation, not on a chemical foundation of oxycontin and serotonin. If we build on chemicals, very simply, when there's no longer a rush, just like drinking, uh, uh, you know, partying. When there's no longer a rush of the alcohol or the effect it has on you, guess what needs to happen? You need to find it over and over again. This is why these are perpetuating. They become cyclical patterns and habits because they're not a solution. A solution is I'm drinking from the water of life. I'm fed. I'm content. So I no longer need to keep getting more and more and more, perpetuating and looking for, for more and more, which is like looking for salt water. And that is, in fact, what we do in the dating system. You know, dating creates an artificial feel-good environment and often does very little to empower or equip people to be able to do life together. Doing life together is going through all the unforeseen circumstances. And this is something that there's a foundation. I've got actually figures. I don't normally use figures, but I think figures are good for this to, to show you. This is exemplified by the endemic divorce rates. United States of America, 53%. France, 55%. Cuba, 56%. Estonia, 58%. Luxembourg, 60%. Spain, 61%. The Czech Republic, 66 Hungary, 67 Portugal, 68 And Belgium, 71 You know, those figures are growing. I may be speaking to, I speak to six, probably 60 different countries. We've got two or 3,000 people I'm speaking to live, but we have many more on the iTunes platform that can reach the show. All of my all of the previous episodes you can actually access on iTunes. Just put in new dimensions and the show will come up. You know, you clearly see we have a problem by these figures. So we need to go counter-cultural to make a change, as it's the culture that's made the problem that we have today. So by sweeping things under the carpet to stay the way of culture, we'll just get more of the same. Very simply, we need less lust, less selfishness, less greed, less pride, and less ego. We need to just get more God. We're driving a Rolls Royce. You are a Rolls Royce. So you need to put the Ford user manual down and instead of pick God's human operating manual, that's what I call the Bible. It's how you function best. You know, what have you got to lose, friend? You can only gain. As with God, it's always a win-win situation. We're going to take a break. And in the next segment, I'm going to recap a little bit more about framework and problems and then I'm going to talk about how do we build a healthy relationship. It's okay to talk about how, how it is right now, but it gives us, 
you know, I never think of things in terms of things as bad because the situation the world's in now gives light an opportunity to shine. So we're going to look at how to build a healthy relationship and what is the formula. You know, we're all unique, so there's no universal formula, but what is the framework? Have a great break, and I will talk to you in the second segment. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Reverend Nicholas Barrett is available for public and private speaking functions, counseling, and for interviews on radio and television programs, churches, and conferences. Visit EmpowerBeyondHorizon.com for more information. Reverend Nicholas is the author of two books about reworking your life, one habit at a time. He can work with you one-on-one or by telephone sessions. In order to have different, better results in your life, you must develop new habits. Reverend Nicholas can help you make those moves. Visit EmpowerBeyondHorizon.com and start your change today. On It's Absolutely All About You, host Eileen Nunez bases her show on the forthcoming book of the same name, If you've been taught to hold your head high and keep your self-esteem in check, where do you go if you aren't yet achieving that goal? Each program is based on a chapter of the book and comes from Eileen's many years of experience in order to help you find your inner peace. Listen for It's Absolutely All About You, live every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's time to do all of those things that you always said you'd do in your life. What's stopping you? Is it other people, your environment, fear? What could give you a push? Tune in to Raising the Bar with Amy Bredo. Our show is all about taking risks and turning them into positives and personal gain. We'll help your inner voice speak up and get you out of that comfort zone. Raising the Bar can be heard live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com are tuned in to New Dimensions. To reach Reverend Nicholas or his guest today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. 
You may also send an email to nbarrett28 at yahoo.com. Now, back to New Dimensions. Hello, welcome. You're on New Dimensions. It's been great chatting to you. I don't know if you're on the first segment, but I just wanted to say, I want to thank, obviously, God for giving me the heart to do these shows. I want to thank the Voice America platform because they're awesome. They give us accessibility through our digital connectivity to actually reach the entire world. If I was speaking to a room, I could probably have 2,000 people listening that listen to a much shorter message because a sermon tends to be about 35 minutes. These are about an hour, but the benefit if we're going to 60 countries, we could be speaking to as many as 7 million people or just one person, but that's the exciting thing. Um, we're told not to change the 99 that have already been found, but to look for the ones that are lost. So that means really looking for people that need answers, looking for people that need help, and looking for people also sometimes that just need to see out of the forest. We get very caught up living our everyday lives, and that sometimes prevents us from critically thinking um, about what we're doing. We tend to go along just really following our feelings or our thoughts like a dog on a leash. We tend to follow our feelings and our thoughts, but when we have someone to elucidate, and it really drops light onto an area maybe that you've been seeking change, you've been seeking answers, and I, I really pray through God, that those find whoever you are, the ones around the world. I hope it really accesses, of course, 7 billion people because we all need it. But whoever it accesses, I'm grateful for. I'm grateful for you for also making the show possible by being an audience. As I say, you can go on to iTunes, put in new dimensions, get access of any of the previous episodes. You can come onto the Voice America platform under empowerment and access any of these episodes. You can access me on Twitter under Nicholas Barrett, and it's, or contact me via email, mbarrett28 at yahoo.com. We're talking about dating. We're talking about the perpetuating of new versus old, about changing and replacing, not having enough time to really heal, not having enough time to build a framework. So we're going to talk in this segment a little bit more about frameworking, what does a healthy relationship look like, and talk about takeouts. What could we take away? Because knowledge is only wisdom when it's applied. So you, you hear something, you apply it, and that becomes your wisdom. So we were talking about points about dating. You know, the lust often clouds people from seeing red lights or encourages them to ignore them because of what, it, what they perceive they'd be losing at the time. Very often we're with somebody because we're lonely. We see things are not quite right from the beginning, but we ignore that or we put off challenging them on that or we put off even moving away from things that we know are dangerous for us because we we don't want to be alone and and that message again is for somebody i've heard this hundreds of times talking to people well he's really not great he's rude to me he doesn't give me what i want or she takes me for granted or she's seeing somebody else as well as me so we basically compromise for company and i've said this before do not sacrifice destiny for company and that message I'm feeling strongly for somebody. You know, we often don't get to work on our issues to, to get us better for the next person, as we're constantly focusing on the flaws of the other person. It encourages for us to never spend long enough as a say alone, because I tell you, it's tennis ball. We jump from relationship to relationship, looking for a new person to be the solution to the hurts that we've never addressed. And again, these hurts are from within you, so it can never be solved from anything outside of you. You need more of God on the inside of you. You need more healing on the inside to predicate a change on the outside. Let's take a look at what a healthy relationship looks like. I mean, I've given many examples of how they look in our present state, how they look in our present world, but what does a healthy relationship look like? 
Firstly, we need to build a, a different framework. We need to work on repairing and making ourselves whole. Start today by making your emotional health and well-being your top priority. There's no better day than today to make a change. This will give you a foundation needed to be able to quickly reveal if you are beginning or already in a healthy relationship or not in a healthy relationship. You better see clearly. Work on being great by yourself. as This is the only way you can be good with someone else. It's only when I'm full and content and whole by myself that I can take that to somebody else. Again, there's no universal formula as a healthy relationship. You know, they look different for every couple as no two are the same. They've experienced and been through their own unique seasons of testing and then growth from that testing. We live in a world of fragmented families and most of us didn't grow up with parents who exemplified healthy ways of relating to one another. This means that we need to learn how a healthy relationship should function. Many of us have not seen this growing up. So we grow up thinking it's something elusive, an elusive quality of a good relationship. We grow up with it a disappointment. You know, relationships are never going to be good. It's always going to be bad. The world is lousy. All of these things, because that's the environment. We become a product of our environment. So you need to model it by another quality necessarily than we've been shown. Most of us have not been shown a healthy relationship. We don't have an idea of how it should look. So we continue to get bad ones. So the most important keys, you know, I would say as follows. Number one, reciprocity. You know, we're all programmed to get into relationships to get something. It could be to get sex. It could be to get company, to feel valuable. However, the overriding reason is to fill something that we think needs filling. Because most of us, as I say, have not grown up in functional families. We're also unloving towards ourselves. And until that past is healed, we will then start a relationship from a place of weakness. You know, I wish I had five hours to go into the show, but we're really running low on time. I'll have to do another episode that talks more about this. The only way to build a healthy relationship is through reciprocity, which means that you're each coming from a place of wholeness to give to one another for the unified purpose of two people becoming one for the glory of God. A relationship that's an ascending union of adding. But you see how in culture we're all coming to get something. So we gradually tear down until there's nothing left but to break up or remain together unfulfilled and unhappy. You know, here's how the story of our cultural world begins. When we're focused on what we're getting and not what we're putting in, we're bound to eventually get a wasteland. If all I'm doing is taking out of the bank, eventually I'm going to go broke. Same with a relationship. If I'm never taking, if I'm only in it for what I'm getting from it, eventually you're going to go dry. And that's what happens in dating. That's what happens in marriages. We rewired ourselves really in the carnal separated state from being to getting. Try building and see how, you know, building people, become a people builder. And that, that includes in your relationships with your partner and spouse. Words of affirmation, um, acts of service, acts of love, acts of giving. Start building and see what will happen. I've never really met a person whose focus is on making people better, really to be suffering or be depressed. I've met people trying to get more and more and more, and the more they get, Actually, the more depressed they get because they realize it's desperate. It's not a solution. Just the way that we've been led to by society and we think that's our norm because it's the paradigm. So 1 Corinthians 13 tells us, 
These are the values of a spirit love. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. How would this be in any divorce court that we have these figures of 70% divorce? Everything has moved away from this, and that's precisely the problem that it's not lasting. Don't we want something to last? So we've got to go, as my messages are, they're all counterculture, because I'm trying to make a change. I'm trying to give you a real fix. Ephesians 5 tells us, husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So it's about all about giving. It's about giving of self and, and to become one. It's about putting your partner first. Just like a basketball team, if someone's a ball hog taking the ball, the team will never win the NBA if they do that. They'll never win championships. The person who's taking everything may get a claim and blow his own horn, but at the expense of everybody else. So the person in the family that's taking, they may get the most, but they'll break everything down in the process. And that message is for somebody. So let these words meditate in your heart and let's really do a heart check to see if we're living to our fullest potential. It's really a matter of the heart. We need to examine our hearts. We've all been hurt. You know, I've been there too. And in the last eight years since I made that change to be a people builder, not a taker, um, it's a focus really on helping you. So I've been through the forest. I've been through the valley and got to the promised land just by following these steps, by making a change, realizing, well, this is culture, and I've been hitting my head against the wall for so many years that I need to change. So I made the change, and guess what? In time, that change will become the new way of living. Number two, we talked about reciprocity being number one. Number two is conflict resolution. You know, there are a lot of unsolvable problems in relationships, things that will continue to cycle through regardless of solutions. And people in healthy relationships just find ways to reduce these conflicts as much as possible. However, there are also a lot of problems that can be resolved, and highly functioning couples will actively compromise to find solutions to those. Sometimes it's about making a compromise for the good of the union, for the good of the team. Sometimes it's not about getting your way, but getting the way of the partner so you can get the way of the relationship. Do you value your way or the relationship more? And again, that really is a strong message. Number three, affirmative interactions. Research has shown that Relationships that have predominantly more positive interactions thrive more than ones with negative ones. View it like a bank account with positive interactions as a credit and negative interactions as a debit. If your withdrawals exceed your deposits, eventually the relationship will hit the rocks. And so many times I, I was in a, um, a, an elevator one time and a husband and wife walked in and she asked him what floor and she goes, well, it's his answer was floor two, just like your IQ. I mean, this goes on, and people don't notice it because they become formed to it. The habits I've created, I don't notice them because that's my way of functioning. That's my way of living. However, the person you're with, their heart notices them. Every word you say, you know, hitting somebody, the bruise goes away, but words can be forgiven, but they will never be forgotten. They'll never go away. It's like a tape. It's like what I'm saying to you today is being recorded for the, begin for the ends of time on iTunes. What you say has a record, and that record will play back into your life in the future. So 
really think carefully. Build the person up. Say, it's great to be with you. It's a great day. You're great at what you do. You made a great meal or what you did for, the, for, my ch- for, for Joseph or for our son yesterday was phenomenal. Words of building can only bring you deposits in your bank account. It's for you to decide. Do you want withdrawals or do you want deposits? Number four, we need to create loving boundaries. People in healthy functional relationships are able to quickly and effectively repair damage or ruptures to their relationship. This means, A, recognizing that you or or the other person is hurt, angry, or unhappy with something, and B, addressing it in a way that fixes things in a timely manner. Many people wait too long to initiate repair. Some try, but they make things worse because they aren't sure what to do, and others don't do it at all. A good repair usually starts with an apology. It means owning your part of the problem or conflict. It's very important that we own our stuff. It takes two to tango, as we say, and you really need to own your part of it. So, and that brings respect from the other person. If you can really own something and say, look, I've made a mistake. I'm, I'm sorry this happened. Let's talk about it. And then you, you repair it. You don't just sweep it under the carpet with silence because silence is an action. Silence is actually passive aggressive. It is when I don't react to something, my non-reaction is a reaction. And there's nothing worse in a relationship than silence. Silence, the deadly silence can be killing. It can destroy someone's heart. Don't think that it's going to go away. It's going to stay. Nothing that you do, even in silence, is going to go away. Number five, taking interest, mutuality. There's two separate people that become one. There's going to be a difference. You've lived the life. She's lived the life. We've all come from a past. We all have different interests. We forget sometimes that a relationship is a two-way of communication between two people as we get wrapped up in our own interests. Yes, we have different interests, but it's important to take an interest in one another's goals, dreams, and pastimes. Don't just small talk about the weather, but get involved in one another's life. Really ask questions. I know sometimes at night we're tired when we go home and we really, our boss annoyed us or we're angry. Sometimes we can be depressed, but really inquire about someone's life. You'll be surprised what that does to them. You'll be surprised how that builds your relationship. There's something about mutuality. You're both going on a journey. And I'm really going to leave you with this close. You know, most relationships are fragile when approached from wounds. Keep in mind that most of us want to be in healthy relationships, just many of us don't know how. I try and stay close to the people who know how, people that have been in long, successful marriages. They, they've kept on learning. Their path has been learning and growing so we can stay in that process ourselves and having compassion for folks that haven't yet figured it out. To every success, there has been a long journey that's weathered, that's weathered storms. They've gone through battles, but it's the battles that bring us closer together. We understand more about one another. We get closer to God. We bring. So when gold is tested in heat, that's when it becomes a masterpiece. So we're tested really from trials and tribulations, bring us to a higher quality. Same with relationships, but the commonality is they've stayed together with respect, with commitment, and with mutuality. That's the only way you can grow. You know, while some of us may crave, bear in mind, while some of us may crave for somebody to call us on our issues, some people who are deeper in the state of unconscious might not feel the same. A seeker of truth looks for a fraction. They understand that great relationships begin from within and can tell the difference between someone's projection and opportunity to explore themselves and get better. Shutting down, you know, hurt people hurt people. 
somewhere in childhood, most likely, we got hurt by someone and never live our lives out by deciding what we don't like based off that past hurt. And we make our decisions not to put ourselves in that situation again. The problem is this reinforces being externally referenced. For example, I experience life from the outside in. Therefore, unless that person made me feel a certain way, so I pick and choose my experiences, or so I believe, based on that person's likelihood to hurt me or not. The alternative is I say, be responsible, have a daily practice of raising your awareness, use your judgment and discernment, which will give you the ability to see and reveal where other people are on their own separate journey, as this relates to your reality. God heals you through people. So when N triggers something in you, he will then send you John, then Tom, and then Sarah, each one of them fulfilling a purpose of triggering something that's unresolved within you, which then gives you an opportunity to heal. So when you feel a certain way about someone, it's always your inside that needs to be examined. And this, as this is what's attracted the situation you're in on the outside. We, are attract, we really attract in others what is yet unresolved within us. So I'll go this, into this in greater detail at another show. And you need to really look at red lights. Red lights are, however, there are times you need to change your mind about not continuing. So a red light really is about changing your mind about not continuing a relationship. These are things that you really must bring to an end. One partner is physically abusive. Even one time is enough. One partner is incapable of being transparent. One partner is putting themselves or you in actual danger. It could be an addictive behavior or an unlawful practice. One partner was unable or unwilling to communicate in a timely fashion and insists that their cell phone needs to be off all the time. One partner was incapable or unwilling to keep their agreements or promises. You know, and one partner's psychological needs become so paramount that really it's beyond the scope of the relationship. So the greatest relationships begin from within as what we can see on the outside is always as good as we are on the inside. So two halves don't make a whole. This message, again, is for somebody out there. Again, relationships begin from within. 1 Corinthians tells us, and now these things remain, faith, love, and hope, but the greatest of these is love. You know, I want to thank you so much for tuning into the show. Um, it's been great sharing this with you. I hope I've challenged and inspired you to critically think, maybe critically think about how you're going to framework a new relationship, maybe critically think how you're going to um, heal a current relationship, maybe how you're going to think, maybe some red lights there, maybe you need not to be in a relationship, or maybe how that you need time to be alone for six months and a year to really become whole and really build a foundation that can withstand earthquakes, that you're prepared for a journey between two people becoming one again. I love you much. God loves you more. It's been great sharing this time with you, and I look forward to connecting with you in the next episode. God bless, and thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of New Dimensions. Please join Reverend Nicholas Barrett again next Wednesday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a blessed week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 